0: Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelik, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. So we
1: are going to do the second part of Revelation chapter 3 tonight. And we are going to, as we've done with chapter 1 and chapter 2, tonight we're going to start to unravel the Hebrew letter that correlates with the chapter. So chapter one, we talked about the Hebrew letter Aleph. Chapter two, the Hebrew letter Bet. And today in chapter three, we talk about the Hebrew letter Gemel. Funny, funny sounding letter. Um, Literally means camel. We're going to go through all of that. But before we do that, what I'd like to do is I want to go back. When we talked about the seven spirits, the fifth spirit that we talked about last week, found in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, is interesting because as we put all of chapter 3 together, we see that there's three churches, Sardis and Laodicea are the top and the bottom, Philadelphia is squished in the middle. Sardis awful. Laodicea awful. Philadelphia had it together. So what we see is when God speaks to these three churches, you're bad, you're good, you're bad, but if you want to be good, you need to look at what they're doing. Because in what they're doing is where you failed. But because of your failure, I'm going to A, spit you out of your mouth, or B, you're never going to come back to life because you're dead right now. Mm -hmm. So the light's gone out on Sardis, and the light has gone out on Laodicea. But in Philadelphia, it remains. So I wanted to go back to that fifth spirit, which is the spirit of power of bravery, of strength. It's a spirit of greatness. Now, that Hebrew word great is gadol, which we're going to talk about. But you'll notice that gadol for great begins with the G, which is actually the letter gimel. So when we spoke about this, it's gevurah. Right? Gevurah, gevurah. I know my, my Hebrew is um, a little shaky, but... Um, as far as my pronunciation, I sound like Popeye sometimes when I, I speak Hebrew, but that's okay. Okay, um, but the, 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 the interesting thing here about this chapter, and especially when we get to the key verse, is we have to understand that the spirit of power ugevura, is the spirit behind the success and the failure chapter 3. It's amazing how this comes together. So we're gonna start to compare all of this stuff and we're gonna bring it together Um, and let's read Revelation chapter 3 verse 4 because in this verse what we're going to do is we're going to find the key verse and as I've said before when you read through Revelation you look for the Hebrew letter that correlates with the chapter. And when you find that letter in the word, you will find out exactly what God is trying to say to the church, especially when we read further, right? Revelation chapter three, verse four, obviously it's written in Hebrew and in English. Nevertheless, you do have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. And they will walk with me, clothed in white, because they are worthy. So in Hebrew, lo ga'alo, lo ga'alo right? et mil veshim, lo ga'alo et mil veshim. They haven't defiled their clothes. It's important to understand that they're being portrayed as wearing clothes. Earlier in chapter two, when we spoke about one of the churches, he said, you are naked. You've left your robes behind and you're running with the prostitutes. You're running with the witches. You're running with The prophetesses of Jezebel that want to lead you astray. You're running to everything that I stand against and because of that, you've shed your garment of righteousness. And in Sardis, it's out of control. It's just brutal. But he says, but still in my Messianic community, and he still refers to Sardis as a Messianic community, which is... Even more heart-rendering when you read through what's happening, because he says you're dead. You're dead right now. But there's a few, there's a remnant, whose clothes, ga alo, there's that gimel, are not what? Defiled. Ga alo in Hebrew means to be defiled. What is chapter three really speaking about? How do you not? Become defiled. See, we would look at that and many would say, oh, it's about the sin. No, it's about how we don't. And if it's, we want to understand how do we keep ourselves from being defiled? How do we keep ourselves clothed? It comes down to one very little simple word, humility. So again, Revelation chapter three is not about sin, And evil, but it is about humility. Now we're going to talk about this Hebrew letter gimel. Now it's often referred to as the three pillars. There's the three pillars. Aleph, Bet, Gimel. So when you look at this, the Aleph is always the, the, the Hebrew letter for father. The Bet is Ben, which is always kind of the Hebrew letter for son. And now we have the Gimel. And it goes a little deeper than saying, oh, it's the Holy Spirit. Because, it go, like I said, it, it goes a little bit deeper than that. So when, when we talk about the letter Gimel, there's a couple of things that we have to understand. We're going to talk always literal, spiritual, and the word picture. We're always going to talk about those. And in that, we're going to start to get a little bit more understanding, not only into the letter, but into the chapter. Because remember what God is saying to the church at Sardis and to the church at Laodicea. You're dead. I want to spit you out of my mouth. You're wicked. You're this, you're that. He just reels them. So when we look at the letter Gimel, the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, we know that it literally means camel. That's what it literally means. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, it means kindness, charity, or the culmination of both. And the word picture is of a man bowing and performing kindness, where we get this word called gemilyat chesed. Now on every Jewish table on a Friday night, just like ours, we have the Zadaka box. The Zadaka box is of charity and it's of, um, it's charity, it's justice, and, it, and it's it's about a giving heart. Well, that box goes hand in hand with Gamaliyot Chesed. Gemilut Chesed, performing acts of kindness. This is about performing kindness. This is about saying, I am going to give charity, not only with finances, but I'm going to give charity as far as time, effort, and teaching. You see, what's often lost when we talk about humility is the fact that somebody who is humble before God is a teacher. They become a teacher of wisdom and a teacher of Torah because... As we saw in the Seventh Spirit last week, the the fear of Hashem is the beginning of wisdom. 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 Without the fear of Hashem, we cannot have wisdom. Without wisdom, we cannot have humility. Without without humility, we cannot have those who can teach Torah effectively. They can't because they can't practice it. And humility is a brutal, 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 brutal characteristic that you have to deal with. I don't care who you are, your flesh always wants to do what it wants to do. So one of the things that we have to understand now is, and we're going to, next week, we're going to talk about how the word looks as far as the the construction of it. But I want you to see, and I want you to, Bear in mind the word picture of the man bowing in performing kindness. The man bowing in performing kindness. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at how gimel is actually spelled. And a lot of times when you look at the phonetic spelling of a Hebrew letter, you start to understand what the word means. And in this particular case, what the chapter is all about. So when we look at the, the phonetic spelling, gimel, when it's spelled out, means to deal out, to give, or to wean. That's interesting. To deal out, to give, or wean. So one of the big things that we have to understand when it comes to humility, and the writer of Hebrews, John Judd, John Doe or John Jay, whoever it is, nobody knows. He says something very simple in Hebrews, but he says that you should have been weaned from the milk and be on the meat, but you were still on the milk because they lacked humility to be able to wean. So when you talk about weaning, what that means is that When you are humble before your God, it's like sitting on your mother's lap, being still and being quiet as she nursed you. There's contentment. So when we sit with our God and we sit on his lap, we have contentment. And when we sit there and we listen, And we look to his face and we hear his words. What eventually happens is he weans us from understanding that kind of wisdom and says, you now need to go and do what I've been teaching you to do for however long it's been. In the Jewish community, when a young boy at the age of 13 makes his bar mitzvah, he is now turned over to the rabbi for spiritual understanding Mm -hmm. you see because he's with his mother for the first five or six years then he's with his father who teaches him a trade and then he goes to the rabbi Mm -hmm. that teaches him the Torah but he's already obviously had that understanding from his father but he teaches him the Torah and says here is the call on your life Mm -hmm. so when they come in the bar mitzvah happens he's now a man and mom and dad and rabbi all agree here's what your calling is because for the first 13 years of your life, we've covered you in prayer, we've watched you grow, we've heard what God has said, we've seen your strengths, your weaknesses, your gifts. So it is determined that this is what we believe you need to do, which is why it says in Psalms, train up a young man or woman in the way they should go. And when they should get older, they will not depart from that. See, that takes training, that takes humility, that takes knowing and understanding. That takes being bathed in prayer. It takes devotion. So when we have the same thing with God, Because he's the one that's giving us the attention. And he's the one that's giving us the devotion. And he's the one that's watching us and growing us and showing us things about ourselves. But there's a humility that we have to say, I don't know it all. I don't understand. And I have to sit before you, Father, and listen. And in the midst of all the fire and all the hell... And all the warfare, we get frustrated, we get angry, we don't understand. That's the time when we need to be the stillest and the most quiet, the quietest. Mm -hmm. So that we can hear him. So I'm going to talk about the Hebrew word, gimel. Okay? Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the four letters, and I'm going to just get ready to be so completely and utterly amazed that you there is nobody on the planet that could ever stand before you and say to you, this is fake. This isn't God ordained. Because when you see this, boom. so... Gimel is spelled with four letters, the obviously the Gemel, the Yod, the Mem, and the Lamed. Okay, Gemel, Yod, Mem, and Lamed, four letters. So we know that we're going to talk about what their literal meanings are, and then I'm just going to throw a little bit in there about the spiritual, and you're going to start to see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, literally Gemel, we already said it, it means camel. Right. Yod we know means hand. Mem is always affiliated with water, Mayim. And the Lamed means to learn or to teach. So, we put those four together, Gimel camel, Yod hand, Mem water, Lamed learn. So let's talk a little bit about each letter as we break it down and remember what God is speaking to the church at Sardis and to the church at Laodicea. So what is a camel? A camel is a beast of burden. It's what it is, mm-hmm. right? When girded, it becomes prostrate. Its knees are bent. Its legs are underneath its stomach, and its body clamps up right against the sand. It gets tucked beneath it, right? So, on the uh, what it means is, it, it is becomes an animal of humility. See, because it bears the burden of its owner. Okay, it bears the burden of its owner. So that's the gemel. And when you look at the shape of the gemel, one of the things you start to see, and I I talked about it, it speaks of humility. A camel is a very gentle, docile creature that stores water. Because the more water it stores, the healthier and stronger it is, the longer it'll last in the desert. Because it's abundant waters thrive. They're alive inside of the camel's stomach. So that is the camel. Then we look at the yod. Now we know yod means hand, right? Now one of the interesting things about the yod is you can look at it in two ways. A closed hand or an open hand. When we look at the closed and when a baby is born, have you ever seen, like when the baby is born, one of the things it's called the apgar score, right? We we EMTs and we were all taught how to do an apgar store score. It's called rigidity. You want that baby to be all like tensed up, like he's ready to fight. Okay? It means it's 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 neurons and its its brain is reacting to going from protection to not protection and freezing cold and all that. Its hands are closed. Because in reality, When a child is born, it's all about that baby. So when you, those closed hands can be, closed hands can mean aggression, but it can mean possession. It can mean authority. But when a man goes and when a man dies or a woman dies, the hands are what? Open. Because they're now giving whatever is left. Hopefully to Hashem. Not always. So let's talk about this. So the closed hand grips the reins of the camel because that closed hand has the power and the authority over the burden. It has the power and the authority over the one bearing the burden, you see? And when that bearer opens the hand to release it, that camel is able to go and give. It's being released to do what it needs to do. So when Jesus makes that statement, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, we understand that it is by his hand that we are set free. Okay, imagine us. Now, I want you to think about this. We bear a burden, don't we? Don't we bear a burden? Mm -hmm. It's called sin. Mm -hmm. And it's called flesh, right? Is everybody with me? But what does Jesus say he wants to give us? Abundant living what? Waters. Abundant living waters that flow. And he says, my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. Because he has been given the authority over our burdens when we come to him in humility and say kodesh lo adonai, this is holy unto you, God. Everything that I struggle with right now is holy unto you. Mm-hmm. So he grabs hold. But when it's time for us to go, he lets the reins loose so that we can go And help others. Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. So the Yod, meaning the hand. Then we come to the Mem. Mem obviously represents what? Water. 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 One of the things I like is, not only is the Yod also a letter of humility, because Yod is the first letter in Jacob, in Israel and in Jesus, Yeshua, right? The Yod, Yeshua, Yerushalayim, Yaakov, you name it, it all starts with the Yod. Mm -hmm. It's God's little dot. It's God's little mark that he says, this cannot go anywhere because it's his hand. And God's hand is the most humble because he allowed his hand to be nailed to a cross by his creation. So when God's hand reaches out to us and says, I want you to bear this burden with you. It's the hand of a caressing father that touches us and guides us and leads us. But he won't do it and he can't do it unless we do what? Humble ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we humble ourselves, he gives us living waters. He cleanses us in living waters. He lets them flow through us. He opens himself to reveal all the truths Mm -hmm. that we would want to see. The deeper we want to go, the deeper he'll go with us. Then we'll hit a plateau. And he's like, well, you, in order for you to go break through and get more oil, you got to punch through. Now, I learned something recently when we were in Texas because my future son-in-law used to work on the oil rigs. And he would tell me, he's like, so the reason why it's so tedious drilling for oil is... Because when you find an oil deposit and you drill in, you got to go slowly because they're always surrounded by water and it's the water that pushes the oil to the surface. So if you punch through too far and you hit water, you'll never be able to save that oil. Well, that's why it's such a long, tedious process. And that when they punch it, they <laughs> tap it right away. mm because then they're able to tell how long that, oil, that that oil is going to last. And again, it's a drilling. That's the same process that we undergo with Hashem when we hit that certain point. When we hit a certain point with God and he's drilling and he's drilling and he's drilling. He wants to get to that pocket where boom. And then he could say, now that we've struck gold and you're being refined in the fire, Now I can teach you new things. I can bring from the storehouse things old and new and make them new again. I can reveal mysteries to you that you never saw because your humble heart has allowed me to drill. The writer of Hebrews just says it's a double-edged sword. Same difference. He just doesn't thrust the sword into your heart. No, it takes time. It's like surgery. You hear it all the time, right? I'm undergoing spiritual surgery. That's what what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Think about Isaac in the third well. In Genesis 26. What happens? It takes time. He has to dig out his father's well. One bucket of dirt at a time. One bucket of dirt at a time. Tying dudes up with a rope, putting them on a pulley system. One bucket at a time. Why do you think it's called weaning from milk to meat? Because in the meat part is the application of what you've just learned. But if you can't apply what you've learned, lacks humility so one of the things we talk about when we talk about this letter hebrew the letter mem like the third letter is it's bent i don't know if you noticed it but it's bent it's all bent up and the top of it reaches its hand to god but the rest of it's bent over in other words it's humble And the very top, which is actually a yod, which is, if you look at the construction of it, it's actually just, see that second letter, the yod? That's all it is, is put right on top of that bent crooked old thing. It's a hand reaching up when the rest of its body is bent. Just like the camel is bent with humility. just like God went to the cross putting his hands on the cross in humility, the, the mem is a bent body with its hand going to God in humility. Now, guess what? The Mem is the first letter in the Hebrew word Melech, which is king. Mashiach. Messiah. It's a royal letter. You see this? I hope I'm not losing you. No, no. Do you see how this 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 is this is why this chapter is so important? Because you took at those two churches, they've forgotten this. They've forgotten all about this. There's no more humility. They don't want to learn. They sure don't want to teach. They've bucked the system. They've chased after the Jezebels. They've chased after witchcraft. I mean, God actually just calls it out and says you're dead and you, I don't even want to be around you because you can't even make a decision. You're a a politician. I don't want politicians. I want men of action that are going to stand firm in the truth and not compromise by what society tells you to do. Because I'll spit you out of my mouth. Be hot or cold, I don't care, but don't do that. Because there's no life left in you. He tells them, you don't even know what refined gold is because you never gone into the furnace. You've never allowed the drilling process to complete. That brings us to the Lama, teaching or learning. See, the thing about the Lama, which I like, it's an acronym for a heart that understands a spirit of wisdom. We spoke about the seven spirits. Wow, how does that come up? How did that come up? I don't know, it's in the Hebrew word gemel when it's spelled out, lamed. It's about understanding and teaching God's will and his Torah and learning from the spirit of wisdom. But folks, if you remember, what comes after the spirit of wisdom? The spirit of bravery. That, what? The spirit of ugevurah. The spirit of bravery, you cannot stand in a spirit of power. You cannot stand in bravery and heroism for the gospel, in humility, unless you have wisdom. You can't do it. And you can't have wisdom unless you humble yourself. So when we combine this word, all these letters in this word, which means camel, let's look at it. We find that Jesus' statement, I said, it, my yoke is easy and my burden light, is, is an act of humility. When we humble ourselves before God, his waters continue to flow. He blesses the hands of our work. We can now claim what is rightfully ours and possess with authority the things that he has given to us. When we open our hands, we're doing so in an act of humility to serve, to teach what God, Hashem, has already shown us. And in doing so, got to switch the page, we bow before the king of heaven and earth. We're bowing before the creator himself. As the fear of Hashem is the beginning of wisdom, it is from our humility that we can learn and teach the truths of Torah. This is where Sardis and Laodicea have failed, but Philadelphia had not. Because to the church of Philadelphia, he says, I'm going to give you the keys. What you say is open is going to be open. And what you say is closed is going to be closed. That can only happen through a humble and contrite spirit. I think I read that somewhere. Psalm 131 verse 2. I kind of already started alluding to it. Mm -hmm. No, I keep myself calm and quiet like a child on its mother's lap, I keep myself as a little child or as a humble servant. We're never going to get to the point where we're too old to leave the father's lap. We're never going to get to the point where we can say, yeah, I got this now. So when we look at Psalm 131 verse 2, let's just kind of take a little bit at it. Right, the Hebrew, <laughs> the Hebrew letter is ga, the Hebrew word is gamol. It means to nourish. But in this place, when we talk about weaning, the Hebrew word gamol means to do what? To completely ripe. That's what it means. Like you're ready for the harvest. Mm. You're ready to go. You're completely nourished, and God says, "No more milk for you. It's time for you to get you some steak." I wish I had a better Italian accent. I can say, hey, bring me the ribeye, right? You get the steak now, because you've been weaned. The Hebrew word for weaned is gamol. So as a child who was calm and quiet in the mother's lap, we must be calm and peaceful in the presence of God. It is a time for us to listen and hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Being still before Hashem is where we gain our sustenance, where we gain our understanding and how the Spirit teaches us. We sit on the Father's lap until it is time to wean from the milk and move on to the application of the Word and the call He's given to us on our life. I don't know how long that's going to be. But you see how this Hebrew letter and the word just transforms
0: amazing
1: so we go to revelation chapter 3 and verse 11 and I'm going to finish here cuz I know I, these are this is a lot mm. what i like about revelation 3:11 is he says to the church in philadelphia this is the reward For your humility. And I want you to pay close attention as we read this. With what we just talked about. Remember. The gemel. Is about charity. It's about giving. What you've received. What goes in. Must come out. That's why that sadaka box is so important. Because what comes in goes out revelation chapter 3 verse 11 i know that you have but little power yet you have obeyed my message and have not what disown Disown me oh i would never disown i don't disown. Go. what are you talking about the second you think you got it together Mm. and again i hate to beat that Mm. phrase the second you think you've arrived you've just you've become god now oh it's bad woe to you who think you are god And he says, literally, I have not dis, you have not disowned me. Could you imagine what God must feel like when he calls a congregation and then has to say they've disowned me? You're dead. Now I got to pull my light. Mm. What? Verse nine. Here, I will give you some from the synagogue. We're not going to use that. That's a bad, um, remember, if we talked about it, it it, it's the bad, they call it the synagogue of the adversary, but it's not, it's just A bad gathering. Those who call themselves Jews. But aren't. Oh I've heard that before.
0: Mm.
1: Those who call themselves Jews. But aren't. On the contrary. They are lying. Mm. See. I will cause them to come. And prostrate. Prostrate. Themselves at your feet and they will know that I have loved you because you did obey my message about what? Persevering. I will keep you from the time of trial coming upon the world to put the people living on earth to the test. Your humility in the spirit of bravery, in the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and the fear of the Lord Is the beginning of that humility that will save us in the end, not just to salvation, but to keep us from all the crud Mm -hmm. and the nonsense that's coming. That, my friends, right there. And now if you really look at this, in verse 9 through 11, what we find is here's the fruit of humility, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We find kindness, justice, and charity. And as we humble ourselves to sit at the feet of the Messiah and the lap of the Father in heaven, we get strength. That's what keeps us alive is those living waters that flow through us. Mm -hmm. The word of God is our sustenance. Mm -hmm. And Satan wants to steal it. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want us to become strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. In persevering through strength and bravery and bowing before. Now, here's the best part. We bow before Hagadol, the great one, the great warrior, God, Ga, Gimel, Gadol, the great warrior, the great and mighty one, God sees to protect us from the trials he sends on the earth. What does Psalm 23 say? That he will make a table for us in the presence of our enemies and he will anoint our head with oil because our cup is what? It overflows. You see what he's saying to Philadelphia through Yohanan, John, I'm throwing that in there for you, for you, Cookie. From Yohanan, right? What he's saying to him is guess what? Here's your heavenly reward. He's going to make these 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 false Jews, these people that attack you.
0: Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956, or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Pastor Billy.
1: And it's not the humanity behind it, right? Because our battle is not against... All of those demons, all those harassing, pain-in-the-butt demons, every single one of them, Mm -hmm. the whole stanim, are going to be brought... Mm -hmm the ones who've harassed you your whole life, they're going to be thrown at your feet. Mm. Conquered. Mm. Because you're going to be sitting at a table that Hashem has prepared for you because you finished your race. Mm. You won your race, remember? Mm. Revelation chapter 2. And now you've accepted Hagadol, the great one. Mm -hmm. And you've humbled yourself. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the old and new covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with
0: peace.